to Educational Leadership on the go. Here we are. Here we are. So it's been a while since we've been in the studio. Um, Believe it or not, there's a lot going on in our schools as we sit here on March 22nd, 2020. Uh, Most of our episodes are the, the evergreen type, which means you could pick it up and listen to it, whether we did it a year ago, two years ago, or yesterday. But this is obviously going to be a snapshot in time, a little bit different. So on March 22nd, 2020, as it sits, I am in a bunker, it feels like, in my own house. Um, that's because we are pretty much under the restriction of our own house due to COVID-19 and the spread of that nasty, uh, nasty virus. So I am joined again by my team here, Dr. Jamie Wellborn, Dr. Ryan Looning. want to check in with you guys and... Uh, As we enter strange times in school leadership, um, we're going to talk about school leadership among COVID-19 and what that looks like, sounds like, feels like, um, and kind of help our audience here kind of cope with what's going on. So, Ryan, how are you doing, sir? Well, Dustin, it's one of the uh, you know most interesting times in the history of our, our world, and uh, to be a uh, principal during this is, is something else, and you know, we started with some uh, earlier this year. You asked me what it was like to be a first-year principal, and we talked through all that. If you would have told me we were going to have to deal with something like this as a first-year principal, I, I would have uh, bet you a million dollars it wasn't going to happen. So we're doing well. We're doing the best we can here at Valley Park High School. Uh, we were on spring break last week, so that was kind of a, 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 a helpful um, intermission while all this stuff has, has gone on. Um, I'm bunkered in my uh, kitchen right now sitting at the table but uh when we start our uh, staff meetings and i start communicating individually with students um i've got a long hdmi cord set up to my uh 70 inch tv so uh when we're having staff zoom meetings i'll have all uh you know 30 of them on and we're having you know senior meetings i'll have all 75 seniors i know that sounds odd to some people in big school districts but uh, we're small enough where uh we can have some smaller meetings, and uh, I'm, I'm anxious and excited and nervous, and know there'll be some mistakes, uh, but I'm excited to try this uh, virtual world we have. Yeah. Jamie, uh, from the college perspective, for those that don't know, Kyle, uh, Jamie works at St. Louis University and serves in a variety of roles since I've known her uh, and since she's been there. So as a professor at St. Louis University, how has this looked, and how are you adjusting, girl? Well, so uh, I have to mention that I guess two, almost three weeks ago, March 3rd, I embarked on a pretty incredible journey being able uh, or sitting in that role of professorship. Uh, I had an opportunity to go to Haiti and look at the education system down there and do some work with educators and uh, a local nonprofit here out of uh, St. Louis Brace for Impact. And um, just everything I took in there um, and then going on spring break myself with my family to Disney World and then coming back to this reality. Um, so I, I I was probably ahead of this game just a little bit because I was put on self-quarantine, uh, if that makes any sense, just because I had been an at Disney World and gone through two pretty or two big international airports, uh, you know, just a week and a half ago. And so I already began to think about what is what is my daily work going to look like from being the assessment coordinator of the School of Education to teaching um, teaching graduate students, you know, how to do research. And so by the time I got home, um, St. Louis University had already decided that uh, classes had been uh, postponed and then they would all be online until April 30th. Um, and so we were already, I mean, all this week we've been planning and kind of ahead of what some of the K-12 schools are in, but we're already having staff meetings, you know, we're already, uh, revising syllabus, getting everything to online platforms, um, that would have been face to face because there is, we are not going back. Um, and you know, as we sit right now, K-12 is still up in the air, but, um, you know, we're supposed to go back in two to three weeks, according to the state. But, you know, we, we just don't know. It's a day-to-day basis. I think it's a sharp learning curve. Uh, I have been most impressed with the leadership that I'm seeing from St. Louis University, the communication uh, and just the real genuine care. Uh, and, 
you know, the message that this isn't going to be perfect, uh, but we're all going to come out of this better. Uh, at the end, it may, you know, it may take, it may take a while, but we're going to learn a lot about the education system and, and, you know, hopes for the future of, of where it may, where this may lead to, although the circumstances for a lot of people are, um, not ideal and really, really going to be devastating for a lot of families. Awesome. So uh, I'll tell our listeners up front, I'm on the hopefully the backside here of a sinus infection and uh, I've got halls out here. I've got water. So I'm going to do my best to keep the coughing to a minimum here uh, during this. So just ignore that. If that comes up, I'll do my best. So, so I want to kind of take us back because what is interesting as the three of us sit here, we all had three different experiences of how this rolled out for our leadership roles. Um, so I'll kind of start, you know, we were in an interesting because our spring break does not fall until the week before Easter. So we were in session uh, when kind of these decisions were made. So uh, this past Sunday, uh, Dr. Patel, who our superintendent at Fox School District has done an outstanding job and her leadership team, like you said, Jamie, um, has done an outstanding job of doing the right amount of communication as we go through this. You know, it was about, I think, 7 o'clock Sunday night when communication came out that um, our plan was to have school Monday and Tuesday of this week, and then kids would go home. We had had a plan to have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, conferences Thursday, off Friday. So, you know, <clears throat> that communication comes out at 7 o'clock Sunday night, and immediately, you know, they hear from the, the person in charge. And then as the school principal, obviously, you know, Ryan, in your position, the staff is waiting to hear from you. Um, and I think that's where I kind of want to start this discussion because, um, you know, we're going to look back on this experience and say, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? Ryan and I were and Jamie and I were having discussions before we got on. And I can already tell you there's things that I would have done different. Right. Um, but that's about living this out. And, and, and making adjustments on the fly. So, um, Ryan, in just a minute here, I want you to kind of talk about what that first communication with your staff looked like. And then, Jamie, I want you to talk a little bit about to the peop- the students that are kind of in limbo with St. Louis University, and especially in your case because they might be dispersing uh, nationally or internationally. So, you know, for me, um, I sent an email to our staff, and I think to me – When I thought about how am I going to create this email, and I think that in general, whether it's COVID-19 or whatever the next um, crisis comes up in the future, I think you have a responsibility as a leader to share facts, to share direction, and not put anybody in panic. And sometimes that's easier said than done. And so when I thought about quickly about, and I kind of was thinking all day if we get to that point, what we're going to do, I kind of did this is um, I think it's important in any communication in this situation to be upfront with people that there is no playbook, right? So what I said to my staff is that we're in uncharted territory. And I didn't say it in a way that to be to scare people, but I just said we're in uncharted territory. There absolutely is no playbook for what is about to play out. And so we're not going to focus on who's right and who's wrong. We're going to make decisions best on what we know and what we understand, and we'll go from there. Um, And then from there, I did two things I said. I called out. It was just a really short thing I said, and then I said, um, here's what we're not going to worry about. We're not going to worry about parent-teacher conferences. We're not going to worry about MAP assessments. We're not going to worry about teaching kids while we're out. You know, So I laid out about six things we're not going to worry about. And the reason I did that is because I think ultimately humans have the natural thought process of think about all the things they can't control, but how do they want to control them? Um, And then my next part was, here's what we are going to think about. And I laid out some different things as far as what items we were going to prepare for students, what our focus was going to be. Our focus is going to be, right now, we are not focusing on providing new learning for students. We're focusing on keeping kids in learning shape, so to speak. Um, And then another message at the end. I didn't want it to be too long, but my goal was to be direct, um, but be comforting at the same time, and also build a sense of team. We're all in this together, right? Um, And so... My staff was amazing. I gave them a shout out as many times as I could because they literally had two days with kids 
in the classroom to get all this together. Um, and so I, I was really proud of them because they were able to manage kids and get all this learning together for their kids. So I know that's kind of long-winded, but I want to kind of take you through our communication process. Um, our district did a good job of frequently asked questions, right? Like what happens with IEPs and those types of things. So throughout the next couple of days, I would feed them that information, not trying to overload, but just once or twice a day, trying to give our staff updates on those things. Because immediately we go to the questions, but we had to understand we don't have all the answers. Let's just take this a day at a time. So Ryan, when you get the word that you guys, you guys are already on spring break, you're not going to come back from spring break, which poses a little bit different item. Talk to me about what that looked like or talk to the listeners about what that looked like for you. Yeah, so for us, um, you know, we had an inkling that this was coming. Um, I think, you know, everybody did. And uh, so one of the strategic moves we made, is, you know, and it's easier at the secondary level, uh, we sent out a survey to all of our students um, the day before uh, spring break started for us. Um, and basically what we needed to find out was um, technology-wise, what they had at home. Um, did they have a device? Do they have the internet? Uh, do they have access to email? Um, as long as they have all those things, we're, we felt pretty good. Uh, but the good part about getting that done before we went on break was um, our, we know what kids we need to, uh, to attack and make sure that they get the, the devices they need, internet access, um, and we're going to work uh, this week to make sure those, those devices are picked up or delivered to them and uh, the kids who do not have internet access are working with our tech department to um, access some, some free internet options that are out there right now. So that was a big help for us. Um, as far as communication goes, Dustin, you know, we were on spring break, so um, it, it was really interesting. And uh, I was in Kansas City visiting my brother, um, and we uh, had a little conversation about what we thought was happening. And at that moment, you know, they started saying that uh, uh, some travel restrictions are going to be in place. We're going to quarantine and stay home, those type of things. So um, we did our first Zoom conference, conference as a uh, district leadership team on uh, month, last Monday. Uh, that would have been the 16th. And uh, at that moment, we really decided that uh, we were going to streamline communication from the central office. So, uh, uh, Dr. Dilge has been leading a, a really solid um, plan of attack for our uh, for our communication and working with our communication director, Jamie Gass. They, they've done a really nice job of communicating to our staff uh, and our families to keep them up to date with what's going on. Um, I have personally, of course, uh, touched base with each of my teachers individually, either through text or email, just more in lines of checking in, letting know that more information is coming, kind of like you talked about, Dustin, that there is no um, playbook for this. There is no roadmap. This is new to us all, and, and we're going to do the best for can, we can, and we're going to do what's best for kids. So um, a lot of the individual conversations have been happening. Um, tomorrow morning, we'll uh, we'll get up at 8 a.m. and have our first uh Zoom staff meeting, um, you know, that we're going to dive into the, to the realms of virtual uh, conferencing, meeting and learning that, uh, you know, that businesses and companies worldwide have been using for, for years. Um, and it just has not happened in, uh, in schools yet. So I'm kind of excited to, to see what happens here and see uh, as, you know, we go through this and the things we learn, how can we can incorporate it into, uh, into what schools could be. Absolutely. So, Jamie, you're, you're uh, while we talk from the staff perspective, there is the, the, the student perspective, um, which we rely a lot on uh, parents to give them that information, especially at the elementary level. Uh, at the high school level, they can read their own emails and those types of things. So, Jamie, talk to me. You know, you had a, excuse me, a lot going on during that time. How did you kind of put your students at ease about what the future held for them? So I just pulled up the first email that I sent my particular students. Uh, so this was March 12th. So it, it seemed like a lot of the things that you all are saying, um, I'm just thinking like th this is this is a good learning thing because we're almost a week uh, ahead in terms of, of thinking about how you can make, communicate with students, how you communicate with staff, all of those type of things. Um, but but the, the original question I think was, you know, how did we communicate with them? What what are some of the tactics that we used um, to make sure that 
they knew that that there's some safety there's some safety, I guess, in what we're about to embark on. However, we don't know exactly what it, we what we're going to embark on. So, um, you know, it's hard to articulate. And I, I, all the emails that I've received from various people, and and even if you watch the news, people will say, "This is what we know as of this moment in right. time." You know, right. uh, t- 24 hours from now, it could be completely different. Right. Um, but I think the the message that we wanted to get across as educators, and you have to think about this, like. I'm educating a lot of those people that are in your buildings and not mm-hmm. not necessarily in the Fox School District, Valley Park School District, but the people that I'm educating because it's graduate level, these are people that are already teachers, they're, they're coordinators, some are already principals preparing to be superintendents. Uh, even in one of my graduate uh, level classes, they are they're writing their first three chapters of their dissertation. And so we have uh, people from all over campus, including a a lot of people in the nursing program at SLU um, that are, are in these classes. And I don't want I don't want us to miss this mark. Um, and I'm afraid, and this is why I'm such uh, I put on here for our notes later, just being reflective in this. As those students are a part of my class, right, writing their dissertation, they are also trying to get um their, whatever they're going to teach, whatever's going to be uh, asked of them from their district level, their job. Right. But there are also many of them moms or dads mm-hmm. um, and or people who may be asked to care for others. And I think that's, I mean, this is what I just keep going back to. And, and we haven't necessarily launched this online learning yet either in K-12 or uh, in higher ed. But I think we're going to have to be really, really flexible. And this is where this safety, and we have to communicate this safety net, if you will. There's going to be a lot of problems once we put out our quote-unquote perfect plan, right, for the rest of the semester um, or the last two quarters or whatever it is. There's going to be a lot of things that we haven't necessarily thought about because of the various roles that these people are having to play. You know, I just think about, you know, my two kids upstairs and I've been asking them to set up their own classroom and gather all the materials around our house that that they may be able to access some type of learning and structure throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's not going to be the case for everybody, you know? Um, and so I think we have to be really cognizant as we continue to communicate with our employees, uh, with our children, you know, um, the technology thing is going to be a big thing too. And I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit, but Mm -hmm. you know, I, I've got six computers in my house. There's people that don't have any at all. You know, they're, they may be dependent on a uh, pay by month phone. Um, and so I think we're going to learn a lot from this. Uh, I'm really, uh, really hopeful still, um, on what we can see and, and, you know, just, just how we're going to be able to change our education system based upon this. Right. Right. Absolutely. So awesome insight from, uh, from all you guys. And one of our goals through this podcast is to give, uh, various, uh, perspectives. And Jamie, I thought that was a great perspective from you there on a lot of deeper thoughts there. So, um, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about too, is that as leaders, it's really important that we share information, but try not to incite panic, right? And I think that I thought about myself as I carried myself the two days we were in school. You know, I think people assume that for whatever reason that I was extremely busy, which we're always extremely busy, but it was weird in a leadership role how when these times of, and I'll use the word crisis or emergencies come up, how we in our workload can it, it almost freezes and we have to put everything on the back burner that we had going and address exactly what we're doing. Whereas teachers, it was kind of a weird dynamic, especially in my school. And I know Ryan, as your teachers probably were either out of town or whatnot, their role accelerated. So where mine kind of paused and we dealt with the issue at hand, teachers really accelerated because now instead of you know coming up with a lesson plan for that week they're coming up with lesson plans for multiple weeks they're balancing getting the copies done and all that information and so ryan i say that because i thought you brought up a really good point and i kind of want to highlight it because as leaders we and, and jamie you hit it too so both of you we cannot forget that we're dealing with people 
and that we're not dealing with machines, um, and that there's emotions, there are anxieties, there are all kinds of things. Um, but it is really amazing at the professionalism you show in a time of need, um, and that they're able to block that out and do what's best for the people around them. And and Ryan, you said you were gonna start, or you have checked in with each teacher and each staff member. And Ryan or and Jamie, you talked about understanding they may be parents as well. I think that's something that you guys are helping me understand that as we put this in our notes is how can I create a plan to touch base with a couple staff members or multiple staff members every day? And maybe that's just creating a Zoom meeting, if for nothing else, just to check in with everybody. Um, Yeah, you can talk about a couple items and you're limited on certain things. But maybe it's in reality just to uh, have a discussion. You know, so many people in this time are going to be kind of put away with the same people and sometimes they just need to talk um and so i think as leaders we sometimes get uh in the mode of do 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 and maybe we just need to do what you know uh dr san filippo said of joe san filippo of this listen 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 and listen um to check in on people so i would encourage our listeners and those leaders out there teachers whatever check in on your students you know just call and say, hey, how's it going? I had one teacher tell me she did 11 you know, phone conferences the other day. And I said, I bet they really appreciated that. And I think it's fine now, but as this goes on, people are going to get antsy. Um, and I think that's, that's the part that is going to be interesting as leaders of how to um, attack that. So, Jamie, um, as we kind of move on from that communication piece, you put on here online schooling versus online learning. I know you hit on that a little bit, but kind of set the stage as leaders how we need to be approaching this online learning versus online schooling. What are your thoughts on that? Well, so I'm not an expert on either of those, but I actually That's all right. We're, uh, we're on a podcast. Just, just, just pretend you are, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I actually just saw that on a Twitter post. Um, if I could call it up here, I'd be able well, to Well, and if it's on it Twitter, it's true. So. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Um, but it was not necessarily about what, mm-hmm. what defines each one of those. Uh, we are being called right now to take learning online, right? Mm-hmm. And there's been so much talk about personalized learning and differentiation and what would school look like if we really allowed kids to to become interested and learn things that that they want to when they want to right i know that our system is not set up to do that oh boy you're gonna get me going you're gonna get me going i (laughs) however um you know there's a couple of schools in the st louis area that are we're already thinking way outside of this box Um, But if you think about the opportunity that we may have here, um, you know, I've seen school districts that that say we're going to send this stuff out for the next how many ever weeks. It's all going to be review. It's not going to be graded. You know, there's various perspectives across all districts on what this is going to look like. But if we think about even if it were for just these three weeks, giving students the ability, they are uh, prolific at online learning kid. I mean, even better, better than us, probably, right. They can get on and search things. Like I was just watching my first grader navigate some of these games and, um, you know, quizzes and everything. And just for a six year old to be able to do that was mind blowing just for me, I guess, because I haven't really been in an elementary, elementary school for too long. And when I taught, uh, at that level, I wasn't able to see some of those type of things just because resources, but, uh, they are prolific at that, but what if we were able to let them create, right? Let mm-hmm. them yeah. take charge of their own learning. And even if it's just three weeks and we hope we go back in three weeks, um, what would that look like? What could the outcomes potentially be for that? I know, uh, I'm the president of the PTO where my kids go to school and, um, this week we are encouraging, uh, students to be able to get, get on Facebook, right? Because we're, we're mm-hmm. on there through Facebook and talk about something new that they have learned, mm-hmm. um, just based on their own self, uh, guiding in education. Right. So, um, I don't know, it's something interesting to think about. Like I say, I don't have bullet points on what each one of those mean and, and all of that, but, but that, that comment on Twitter just struck me like, 
look at the possibility, like look right. at the opportunity that that we have right now for people to be able to dive into something that's of interest to them. Okay, so stay right there because I like the word okay. passion and whatnot, and we're going to hit this because <clears throat> I knew this would come up at some point. And uh, Ryan, I want you to talk a little bit from the high school perspective because – you know, I, I could have a whole other uh, Twitter or not, not Twitter um, podcast debate on what our schools look like. And I remember when you and I did a podcast earlier, I came into your office and we were sitting there and you're like, hey, have you ever read this book? And I think the book, what's the name of the book? Like what schools could look like or something like that. Um, what schools could be by Ted Dintersmith. We'll give him the recognition he deserves. Yeah. And so awesome. now it's like, oh, wow, we're here. So, Ryan, from your perspective, because I have some thoughts on this and kind of went on a Twitter rant the other day about let's not lose this snapshot in time. Let's take what we're doing now and provide better learning for our kids. As you think about your kids over the next few weeks and taking what Jamie said, what are you what are you hoping that learning looks like for them? Well, I mean – this is like what this book was all about that Ted Dinnersmith put out. Um, this is an opportunity in my mind. And, and you, you and Jamie, both of them must have been like hitting my uh, faculty meeting notes. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't share them with you, but you guys were right on the money. Um, I am going to just stress that what an opportunity we have. Um, there, there's no test in the state of Missouri for the rest of the year. We, we've been exempt from them. Um, AP is stopping where they're at and they're going to test the 75% of what the kids should know. It's going to be a stay at home test. So, um, right now we should be reviewing for that test, but we shouldn't have to, uh, create or do new content, uh, in our AP classes, ACT. We're not sure where that's going to be. So here's the opportunity that we've all been talking about as principals and educators, as teachers to say, we get the autonomy to do what we know, what our kids need it's going to look a little different because they're not going to be sitting in front of us, but I am going to stress this isn't a time for worksheets and busy work. This is, this is not the time. This is our opportunity for projects, for passion projects, for active learning, uh, for challenging our kids to get out um, and exercise. Um, so many things that can be done right now that they can control their learning. It's what we've talked about so much. And, and I really think, and Jamie, you probably see it so much at the, uh, uh, the, the collegiate level. Um, I think our kids are going to step up to the plate. I'm so confident that they are. Um, they, they don't want to sit around for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, whatever this is. Um, they, they want to stay active learning. They want their brains to be pushed. And this is an opportunity to allow them to kind of take control of that and then us just be the guides for them. And I'm really excited about that opportunity. And, you know, I hope it is one of those things we talk about. I think your, your tweet said something about, you know, moving like Titanic or something, how hard it is to move schools, Dustin. Right. And, you know, this is an opportunity to accelerate that, you know. Um, and I think we need to, as educators, take advantage of this and then not go back to the old traditional sit and get, mm-hmm. um, figure out why this worked and how it worked. And again, it'll be so much better when we're back face to face with the kids. But again, this is an opportunity for us as a country, as a state, as a local school district to take advantage and, and use this opportunity to give kids the, the opportunity to take control of their learning. Yeah, and so uh, I'm going to talk about a little bit, and you guys, let's play off each other here as we go through, because I think this is something that um, we could continue to talk about for sure. You know, for me, I try to take my own kids and what they're doing right now at home. So for whatever reason, my daughter, she's in fourth grade. She's some, you know, for whatever reason, kind of got this music bug this year. Um, and I, I guess I, I'll give uh, Mrs. Hannah a shout out, our music teacher, who's super passionate about what she does. She's super organized. She's, she just loves what she does. And all, you know, the my kids have been at home three or four days now within this learning um, opportunity. And my daughter has played the recorder every single day. She now is involved in choir. Uh, Miss Han is sending out some information that is like enrichment type material. Uh, my daughter, my wife said something about teaching. Uh, my wife does a bunch of blankets for, for people crocheting, and, and my daughter's into that. Those are opportunities that she wouldn't have. And so for me, as a leader, I start visualizing, okay, when and if we 
eventually get back? What does that look like? And I think we have to give our kids more learning choices and how they develop. And I would even say, I see that obviously natural at the secondary level, but even at the elementary level. You know, I was just randomly spitting out things of like, okay, we force our kids to go to all the specials. Well, what about as fourth and fifth graders, they got to pick two specials so that they could be more ingrained in that. If my daughter was able to go to music multiple times a week, maybe that's something that she has inside of her that I don't have inside of me that would flourish and grow and allow her to be more um, in-depth in different types of learning that she would maybe not get exposed to. Um, What if you had more of an opportunity like you had kids that wanted to learn about the stock market and they wanted to go deeper and deeper into that Um, and how we could do that from class to class. And again, like you said, Ryan, without the, the... the testing hanging over our head, I guarantee we could create better schools if that went away. I know that's a bold statement, but without that over our head, schools would immediately look different right away. And so I think from a practicality standpoint, going back in the schools, how over the next few weeks are we going to take what's really good and and, and ingrain it? What if we had opportunities for kids across, say we had third, fourth, and fifth graders that all wanted to learn the same thing. Doesn't mean they have to be in the same room. Now all of a sudden we could have one teacher with four kids in the room and the other kids in the building on Zoom, you know, instead of getting kids all over the place. I think that there's so many opportunities coming up um, for virtual learning, even during the school day, and taking learning and getting kids to be passionate about it. Um, Because when I watch kids, we know that if kids aren't successful, it's probably because they aren't passionate about what they're learning. Let's be honest. And so Mm -hmm. if we can create more opportunity for kids to choose and be passionate about their learning and passionate about things that are going to help them succeed in life, right? I'm sure, and Ryan, if you want to talk about this, you can. I mean, I know in that high school perspective, it's tough when they have to go through a certain streamline of classes that they don't see importance for. You know, and, and what and what that looks like. What if they could be more of a guide and they could have more choice in the things that they're learning about? Um, but we get so wrapped up and you have to accomplish geometry and you have to accomplish that. I mean, Ryan, what do you see about that as it comes back into your school? Well, the first thing that really stood out to me, what you said, Dustin, was, uh, um, you know, if we didn't have the tests hanging over our heads, schools would look so different immediately. And uh, I absolutely agree with that. And I don't think there's a listener um, or an educator in the United States that believes we should test as much as we do. Um, So I I think that that would solve so many problems if we were able to truly assess where kids are and give them the need, the the wants and needs that they have in that moment. Um, Yeah. I mean, Dustin, when you talk about secondary level, I mean, there's so many kids that are just, you know, checking a box to make sure they meet the graduation requirements. And, and again, that's what we all have to go through. Um, So the the thing that we're we're challenging ourselves at Valley Park High School right now in the entire school district, though, is that, you know, to know that we, you know, we have to have four English credits, three social studies, three math, three science, get your electives, all those things. But you know, there's some general, you know, uh, standards and essential questions that we have to meet in each um, in each uh, each course. But that, that also doesn't mean that we have to teach to a test or worry about the results from the test. Can't we judge as a local school district what we what we deem as successful? Why can't we be the ones to say that uh, you know we're going to create? active learning projects. We're going to create project-based learning activities that are going to help our students um, learn and grow at their pace, at their with their things that are passionate about. Because we know when you're passionate about things that you're going to put more time into it, get more depth into it. Yeah, you may not be as linear where we're uh, making sure that we're ready for that, you know, April end of course exam. But does that really matter? Um, we're really having some big conversations on don't we get to decide what success is? Let's not let, uh, you know, the posting of our, of our test scores going out to the St. Louis County area as well as the state of Missouri dictate whether we're successful or not. We're going to know whether we're successful or not by uh, creating students that are passionate about things and move on from us, not with just the piece of paper that they get for walking across the, the stage, but for 
um, get, helping them find their passion and moving towards that. And that doesn't always mean going to a two or four year school. It can mean jumping right into the workforce or the military. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? Not, not making sure that every kid passes a test or is proficient on this area and in geometry, is, is that really what, what school should be about? So it's an exciting time, and Dustin, you hit it on the head. I mean, it, it's a great moment for, for us, and, and I really believe that educators across the United States are going to rise up and take this opportunity to make our schools better. Right. So, Jamie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put something in your lap here. So you work with people, like you said, writing their dissertation. A dissertation is, in and of itself, a lot of work, and not necessarily the most fun thing. But when uh, you, well, it depends on who you ask. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Dustin, you and I had a blast. Yeah, exactly. Doing our dissertation. But Come but on. here's what I'll say. It wasn't the now. Here's where I'll say, and and Jamie, you can kind of take this because what I hear Ryan and I saying is providing more opportunities for kids to be passionate about their learning. Okay. Well, you get to pick what you write your dissertation about. And so while it's an arduous process and it is extremely long and tough at times, at least you get to pick what you're writing about. So, you know, so Jamie, when you wrote yours, I mean, you, you talk about how you had to tear it down and start over. You're not going to do that if somebody tells you what you have to write about. So talk about when you have the opportunity for people to be in control of their learning. What do you see with that, Jamie? Well, um, so, you know, I had an experience and and I think you just alluded to it where, you know, I thought that I was really passionate about something and, you know, I had done some work with response to intervention, um, when I worked in Rockwood and, and even when I was, uh, in Belleville as a teacher and, um, you know, I just, I, I saw my, not my, really my purpose in education, but my real passion in education about, um, being able to help those who need, uh, additional interventions to be able to, um, you know, learn at the level that, that we hope that, that students can, um, and then, uh, just by talking, uh, with, my professor at that time, uh, I guess I was able to really figure out what my, what the real moral purpose of me being an educator was, right? What I'm supposed to do as an educator and, and how global thinking that is and still continues to become for me. So I don't know, I think, and, um, I don't know how popular this is, but, you know, for the first week of this, I have thought, is this, is this time that we're being given for whatever reason, possibly a true gift? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll tell you exactly what I mean by that, because essentially I am writing another dissertation now. Uh, it's not called a dissertation because I've already done that, you know, fulfilled that requirement as a student, but, um, I'm working on publishing, uh, the study that I conducted, uh, about a year ago. And so I am going through many of those same things and I just keep thinking, you know, I, I have my list here and I see on our notes that we're going to talk about, you know, how do we manage our workload? But so I have, I have this list of everything that I'm, I need to accomplish or want to accomplish in these, let's say next three weeks, because that's our hopeful. Um, but this gift of time I have now to really delve into this passion Mm -hmm. and look at, let me just give you a perfect example. Um, And I've been on the phone with several people and Zoom meetings with several people. This work I'm doing around cultural proficiency that I discovered during my dissertation work as a student Think I, I just think about the gift I have right now to be able to apply that concept or that passion per se to what's happening right now, both at the collegiate level, but also K-12. You know, when we talk about equity, um, that this is the time now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a perfect example of that is this this package that's going to come out for, um, you know, people, this this check, per se, from right. our government. Uh, you know, there's so many people that uh, I've talked to that are like, well, we're not going to get any because, you know, of the, mm-hmm. the stipulations right. on how right. much you make. I'm like, that's equity. Like, right. I'm not complaining about that because people need it more than me. And right. I have to be able to give up that right. that peace for other people. And I think that's what this time is, is yeah. all about. I've kind of gone off on a tangent, but this is what this time should be about is taking a look at 
two things, what's most important, um, and also those who can't even really think about what's most important, mm-hmm. right? Those that need more. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I, I keep hanging on to those two things as who, who needs more and how can I help support, um, that, that equity piece, whether it's in the school system, whether it's in my own family, whether it's my friends, um, just, you know, yeah, using it, that passion really mm-hmm. in a, a real way. Right. I and, guess. So and, sorry, and that's no, way off. But, but. <laughs> no, but the, the point is now you have the time to pursue it because if not, you're just living day to day and you got to get through your checklist of things. Right. And so yeah. I think it, it, it absolutely speaks to how to rebuild in more time into school to give kids to pursue their passion. Um, sounds like we got another podcast episode already in the making there. So um, <laughs> if we haven't uh, ranted about it today enough. So we, as we go on about that, I want to get back to kind of this moment in time and talk to you guys. I know one of the things that I hope to do, and you guys can kind of talk about this, we've put a lot of work into our social media uh, over the last year or so. Um, And one of the things that I think is going to be important is staff morale and also student morale because, you know, this is all fun and games for the first couple days. And then by week two or three, there's going to be some people dragging, okay? And and that's the reality of it. So a couple of things that we've done is we, um, on our social media platform, we have a big Facebook page. We have a lot going on there. Merrimack Heights Elementary, if you want to check it out and get some ideas, we're constantly doing things on there. Is I'm going to keep, I do a Monday a Merrimack Minute every Monday. I'm going to keep doing that every Monday to keep that normalcy, to keep people in the loop and communication. We have teachers through, we could go months now, they are doing a read aloud every day with permission from the publishers. They, we've gone through that process, and every day we're posting a read aloud on our Facebook page. I have a parent who is going to be interviewing teachers Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 11 a.m. on our Facebook page, doing a live interview. So we're encouraging kids to get on, take a break from what they're doing then, um, and and ask the teacher questions. Really, actually, what we're doing is building relationships, right? We're giving Mm -hmm. kids an opportunity that would never talk to Mr. Barr or would never talk to Mrs. Reyes an opportunity to ask them questions about their real life. So we're doing those three days a week. Um, And then, like, I sent out a Friday update just like I do every Friday. So I think that as leaders, we have to not change everything that we're doing. Let's keep some normalcy to our routines of what we do. It may look different, but it's going to feel the same to kids. And we know that kids and humans thrive off routine. We know that. It doesn't yeah. I mean human behavior. And so I think that we're going to really rely on our Facebook page to share positivity. Tomorrow we're having a virtual spirit day. It's we're gonna From here on out, it's Merrimack Mondays. So wear your Merrimack gear at home. We're going to have them post pictures. I know I've seen tons of um, schools across whatever doing um, a virtual spirit days. Um, again, I think those things are going to wear. So I, 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 I warn leaders to go all in this first week and we're going to do virtual spirit days and we're getting this and this. Be careful. You might burn people out, you know, um, because we could be in for a long haul here. Um, yeah. So Ryan, as that's at the elementary, we can do some of those read alouds and things. What are you guys envisioning that social media piece or just trying to kind of keep that staff and student morale up as you go along? You know, it's a, it's affirming to hear you talk about those things because that's exactly what we are uh, looking forward to coming up because uh, the connection piece that, that we're all missing right now. And I, again, you know, it's only been, you know, seven, six days, six, seven days for us to kind of be uh, self quarantined here in St. Louis. And, uh, um, you know, you're already missing those those personal connections you have with with staff members, with your friends, with family, with uh, students, of course. So um, what we're what we're hoping to do, and again, at the secondary level, it's a little bit easier for us because uh, we're looking to interact with our kids, Dustin. You know, we're looking to uh, have them share their work. Uh, you know, having them um, show us the things they're doing. Um, you know, putting it out there where we can have conversations and have those connections again. Um, not physically, not, uh, you know, words that go directly to the person, but virtually through um, Twitter, through our Facebook page, for, through our Instagram page, those kind of things where 
um, you know, not only are we showing off uh, the, the, the wonderful things that can still happen, even though we're not in the same building together, um, we're, we're, we're connecting with one another because uh, you, you, you touched on it right away. You know, the, the academic stuff, all those things, you know, I, I want to be realistic with, with our listeners, with, with my staff, uh, with our students. You know, I don't know how deep academically we're going to get right now, but I, I do know that our kids need the, the, the connections to our staff. They need to, to see the leadership of them as well as myself to know that this is going to pass and we're going to get through this together. Um, those are the things that, that we really want to make sure we're emphasizing. And in the academic stuff, the fun stuff, you know, the PJs, the, uh, you know, the, the, the pep rally, the seeing the choir kids. I'm sure some right, of you guys have seen right, it on Twitter, you right. know, doing singing already. I mean, those things are all going to come and it's going to be really cool to, to watch and see how all, all this develops. But, um, to me, the social media aspect, um, using Zoom to connect, that, that's going to be the important thing to make sure we're maintaining those, those, those connections with our students. Yeah. Jamie? So much of the same sentiments. Um, I think uh, maybe we lose sight of how important people are to us just because it becomes an everyday thing. But I right. think that's if I were to say I'm suffering in any way, I think it's that that actual human connection. Right. Um, there were a couple of days this week that we were able to just walk through our neighborhood. And mm-hmm. again, our whole family's been at Disney. So we've been very cognizant of staying at home like we've right. already been quarantined, right. you know, um, outside of uh, the St. Louis uh, directive that we're getting now. But um, just to be able to walk and actually see our friends that, that, you know, that we would hang out each week, you know, Daniel and I both, uh, Daniel's family lives up here uh, now, but my family's three hours away. And so I just think about, um, those relationships and what I can do each day, um, both personally and professionally to reach out. Um, you know, I've been on the phone with some students who are completing their dissertation and working through that just to, assure them that it's going to be okay, you know, and, and that I'm here anytime they need to text or call or, or whatever to, to get through this. Um, but the Zoom meetings, um, that was one of the first Zoom meeting we had as a staff uh, it was really something. And, and you two as administrators, like, be prepared for everything, right? From mm-hmm. tears to laughter, right. Right. you know, uh, from people sharing things that are uh, funny and um right to to people just breaking down Um, you know we we're in the business of preparing teachers principals and superintendents and and those that are getting ready to graduate or we're hopeful you know and not being able to complete student teaching and everything I think we we just have to keep that that relationship piece number one and if it was ever true it's more than true now you know um We've known for years that relationships are the number one indicator uh, or, or a factor of success. So, yeah, I think we got to keep in mind and just just reach out. You know, I've been reaching out to some of my friends that I haven't talked to in over a month or, or longer just to say, hey, how are you? Yeah. So here's what's going to be interesting. And <clears throat> we're going to kind of bring this down to a close here. Uh, I have really enjoyed this. Um, I don't know if I've really enjoyed it because we haven't been together for a while talking or because at this point I've been in my house for a lot of days or if this was really good. So we'll go with the latter that it was really good. So <clears throat> I think as we kind of bring this down, it's as I started, we don't usually talk about the date too much when we have these, but it's March 22nd. When we meet up again as three, I'm interested to see where our minds are at. I'm interested to see, are we mentally exhausted more than we are physically? Um, Are we able to keep staff and student morale up? What is the outlook? What are we liking? What are we struggling with? What on March 22nd did we think, oh, this was a great idea, and now we figured out that's an awful idea? Um, You know, as I alluded to, are people going to go in too fast and, and kind of go over the top and burn people out? Um, what happens two weeks from now when some students don't have the access um, that others do? Um, so there, I could go on and on with the questions, right, as we sit here on March mm-hmm. 22nd. So I'm excited for us as a podcast to kind of track this progress as school leaders. I think the information you guys shared today and we shared as a group is useful 
It's useful on March 22nd, but what has been the theme about all of this? It's useful for this snapshot in time. Let's see how it progresses. So this is what we know now. So I think that as we go along, I just, I just really um, encourage our listeners to stay positive. Um, you know, as John Gordon says, the power of positivity, you know, smiling's contagious, positivity's contagious. I think that's what we have uh, at this time. One of the things we talked about as a group, we have actually, uh, what's been awesome is kind of skyrocketed our listenership. And so we are really, really hoping that you guys will share this information. And uh, as Jamie said, kind of a call to action, so to speak. But we want to share this positivity. We want to share this information with leaders. Um, and this is something they can binge listen to. We got now 22 episodes. And every time we get new listeners, we see all our numbers go up. And we just want to share information and help everybody through this time. So kind of a call to action to, to get this, the next uh, listenership. We want to hit 2,000, 3,000. We're well into the thousands listens every time we get uh, we release one. We want to hit that 2,000 and 3,000 and go from there. Uh, we're not here to make money. Uh, we are here to just share. And so this is organic. This is something that we have a passion for. Um, and we just hope that you'll help us spread uh, this passion, which has kind of been a theme of this podcast. So Ryan and Jamie, I know we'll be in touch, but I want to wish you the best of luck. Um, hey, Justin, can I add yeah. one quick thing? Yeah. I normally don't do this, but uh, I think in this, uh, you know, strange time we're in, if there's any high school principals, leaders, teachers yeah. who want to uh, uh, have a thinking partner, look at the things we're doing at Valley Park, just have a conversation. Uh, you know, we always give out our Twitter address yeah. and I'm uh, of course, uh, Dr. Looning, L-U-H-N-I-N-G at BPHS. Um, please hit me up there or send me an email directly. And my email direct is R-L-U-H-N-I-N-G at bp.k12.mo.us. I look forward right. to hearing from people. Uh, Jamie, you want to give out your information? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my email is uh, J-A-I-M-E-W-E-L-B-O-R-N at gmail.com. Uh, you can also uh, reach out to me on my SLU one as well. It's it's just my first name, dot wellborn at slu.edu. Um, but I would love to hear from you. Uh, love to hear about uh, how it's going uh, in the K-12, but also if we have any uh, higher education listeners please feel free to reach out and uh, it's good to have that, that connection and, and know we are all in this together. Yeah. And uh, I'm at edge at educate underscore Bain at Twitter. Uh, you can get me at Bain D at Fox or Foxy org. It's been awesome. Uh, every, every time they reach out, people get a response. I had a 30 minute phone call with a listener this week about interviewing. Um, so we are here for you guys. We got to work together to get through this. So, Episode 22 is in the books, um, school leadership among COVID-19. Hopefully you enjoy, like I said, please subscribe, please pass on. Let's, uh, let's really get in this together and help support each other. So we will see you on the next one and we'll kind of see where we go from here. Good luck and stay safe.